My mum always said life was like a box of chocolates. I am Iron Man. I see dead people. May the force be with you. To infinity and beyond! I will not die sober! Don't bring this idiot to Shabbat dinner here. Listen, Dad, he's an atheist and an actor, and he's famous. But he's Jewish. He was going to take me out of here, Etsy. Don't you even look at me. Don't you even look at me. You're always oh, looking at me. I what are you doing? I didn't say anything. What are you doing? What are you thinking, huh? I'm Essie. I work for Mom and Dad. I'm perfect. I'm a real estate agent. Alana doesn't have her life together. Alana brings home stupid boyfriends all the time. I mean... I knew it. I knew that was what you were thinking. You're always thinking things, you thinker. You thinker. You think things. She thinks things. Hey, everyone. This is Pop Review Movie Podcast. I am Matt, <laughs> along with Jimmy and Kelly. Hi. Hi. That's like my favorite scene of the movie. It, oh, you you thinker. You think things. <laughs> when we first when we first like decided to do this, I was like, okay, let me look for some clips. And then the movie wasn't wide yet. And I was like... There, I literally was cutting clips out of the trailer. I was like, "This is I need I need clips. I need them to release some scenes." And finally, they released that. I was like, "Thank I, God!" I watched that scene like twenty times online. That is a very good scene. Um, so this week we are continuing our look back on twenty twenty one. We are doing Licorice Pizza this week, or my favorite film. Oh no, I was gonna say or what is it or called? Or Soggy Bottom. Almost the title of the movie. Jimmy, gracious, what a summary. The story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first Hold on, love. So- Kelly, Jennifer, Gong, are you texting on your table right now? Oh, you can hear it? Uh, yeah. it's, it, it is like an earthquake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I stopped. The story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. Now, before I do the Rotten Tomatoes score, can you explain? So, Jimmy, we're going to the movies to see this, right? Your girlfriend calls, and she says, what is this movie about? And what do you say? It's about these two people in the seventies. He gave the worst. He was like, "It's about love in California in the seventies. and she's like, "But what? that's literally what it's about." No, I know, but like, she was like, "Is there more of a descriptiveness to I was it?" Like, no, <laughs> that's all that's about. Let's be honest. Jimmy never gives good descriptions whenever he wants. He's like, "Watch this." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause, cause, uh, cause it's good." <laughs> <laughs> So I think you're going to be a little upset about this, but the Rotten Tomato score for critics is 92 and for audiences, 72. You know why? They just don't understand. Okay. Uh, and the drink okay. and, <laughs> and the drink this month has always been New Year, New Drink. Oh my God. You know what you should have done? Just for this episode, a licorice pizza milkshake. Like take some licorice, black licorice and some pizza and put it in a blender. Ew, black cream. licorice is so disgusting. Why not red li- licorice? I don't know. When I think of a licorice pizza, I think of black licorice. Really? What yeah. if I put a piece of pizza in Ew. little in little pieces of like Twizzlers as pepperoni? Ooh. Okay, but back to the audience. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but back to the audience score. But like me and Jimmy have talked about this and we understand because we're just like, it really is a movie about fucking nothing, but it's still great. But like, there have in been my mo- opinion. But there have been movies though about nothing that the audiences still love, isn't it? Like this movie really is like purely about like, nothing and it's very art housey like i would have liked to see what the critics uh, the audience score was before it went like wide 89 90 uh, see th- that that's where it was I or think. 80s or something something like that and yeah. so it did drop when it went wide yeah but there's think... only it's only 500 plus on audience so so, so there's the, still time. people also might still find it weird because like she's like a full-fledged adult and he's like a teenager and it's like about them yeah like when it first <laughs> started out i was like 
wait, is she like a student at this school? And then I was like, no, she's not. She's working for the photo company that's taking their school pictures. <laughs> Same. And I was like, I was like, oh, she's she's significantly older than him. But like she's going with him everywhere and like getting jealous of him. <laughs> and then like it's like I could see why people would be turned off by it. But I just like I, do, I did not fall into that category at all. <laughs> but back, before I do the shotgun facts, let me just finish the drink. It was New Year, new drink. It was to, before we start talking about pizza and licorice. Uh, it was tequila, triple sec, lemon juice, champagne, and a salted rim. So we are going to start with some shotgun effects. I could have just done that live. We could have just done a live shot. You could have shot a shotgun and I could have opened up the beer. You game. would have messed it up somehow. But it's Alana's family is played by her real life family members. She and her sisters are members of Haim. Haim? If you don't know, Matt. Yeah. You okay. Don't know. Uh, which Paul Thomas Anderson previously directed a bunch of their music videos. And when he was a child, his elementary art school teacher was Donna Haim. And this film was partly inspired by a crush he had on her when he was a student. I didn't realize he had directed all of like a lot of their music videos recently. So I was like, why the hell did they pick Alana Haim for this movie? And now I know why. Well, they're both like really unknown. I mean, not unknowns, but for acting wise, unknowns. Well, you know why they picked Cooper Hoffman? Because he worked with uh, Philip Seymour he was Hoffman. a big Philip Seymour Hoffman fan. Like, he worked with him in, like, all his films. So that's why they picked Cooper. A lot of hate when I thought came out of nowhere. What you had to say? Cooper Hoffman. <laughs> was I? Yeah, it looks exactly like it. Koopy Hoffman. Koopa. Uh, number two. Koopy Hoffman. There are rumors that Leonardo DiCaprio was offered the role of John Peters in this film, but at the same time was offered the lead role of Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. And Leonardo DiCaprio... What? And he was in neither. Yeah, Bradley Cooper got both of those. <laughs> but... Uh, there was, and then Leonardo DiCaprio's father, George DiCaprio, portrays the man who sells Gary a waterbed in the film. George DiCaprio was a well-known figure in the Southern California underground art scene during this era, so that's why he was in this. And also, Bradley Cooper got both those roles, and Leonardo DiCaprio got none. You got just look up. I don't think he would be good though. Or either. don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look what did up. You just, say? just look up. Oh, that's the song. That's they the song. <laughs> I don't think he would be good. In, I think Bradley Cooper would have been better than him. Personally, I think Bradley Cooper was better than Leonardo DiCaprio in this. I in both, think... I think. Oh, yeah. He was amazing in Nightmare Alley. Did you see that, Kelly, yet or no? No, I don't even know what that is. It's yeah. the one with uh, Cape Blanchett. Oh, no, I do know what that is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. You can... No, I have not seen it. You can pass it. Um, don't pass it. Number three. In the real life incident where a waterbed is delivered to John Peters, Peters allowed Paul Thomas Anderson to depict him as a violent, arrogant monster on one condition. He would feature Peters' p favorite pickup line in the film, do you like peanut butter sandwiches? I don't know. If, I guess that worked for him. Anderson also added that he would hit on Alana because Peter said, Peter said he would do that in real life. Mm -hmm. So number four is actually interesting. I don't know if you've heard this, Jimmy. Wait, hold on. Is it about driving backwards? No. Okay. Uh, but she did her. Yes, she, she drove backwards that whole time, apparently. Yeah. Which is impressive. Uh, director Paul Thomas Anderson asked for the film's theatrical release engagement to only screen in the one theater, the Regency Village Theater in Westwood, uh, because this is his favorite theater, and then after it became wide, it would be released in all throughout L.A., or uh, California. Yes, I did. Remember when I showed you, I told you that, and you're like, what theater is that? And I was like, the one they literally decked out for licorice pizza. But didn't you say that they released it in four theaters there and only one here in New York? There was only Lincoln Center in New York. That's where we saw it. So I must, they must have said, don't do that, please. Yes. We but want more now money. I, now I have another theater to go visit in California if I ever get to go back. We can do a live podcast tour of all theaters. We can do the podcast in the theaters while someone's watching a movie. And we'll just talk over them. You know what? Well, Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening, can I please come to the New Beverly? Thank, thank Didn't you. Someone re uh, the Cinema Dome 
that's how that's it, right? AMC was buying that. AMC, but so we can go and use our AMC stubs list, A list. You know what? I think I think we can. Let's just fly to California for that. Okay. And then number five was we both. Oh, no. oh we also got to visit the theater where Nicole Kidman. <gasps> that is the AMC commercial. Can you give us a spiel right now? Do you I, remember it? I don't have it with me. I don't. I don't have it. Memorized. That should be our intro. He doesn't. You should read have, that. He doesn't have a trench coat. He doesn't have anything. He's not prepared. Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> I guys. Don't, I don't have the. Wait, but listen. How great would our if we did a new intro, and Jimmy just read that word for word. <laughs> <laughs> with with the music and the same music and everything. Oh my God, Jimmy, we had to. We'll, we'll do that later because I actually might change our intro just for that. Is that copyright if we use the same words? No, if you use the same music, it is. I won't. We'll use the music I have, which is it's which is copy- free. It has to be copyrighted material. I don't think yeah. that's copyrighted. Material. Okay, ready, everyone. Fans angrily react to AMC replacing their popular ad starring Nicole Kidman with a shorter version in theaters. Do you not remember me during Spider-Man? I was like, excuse me, where is her oh, yeah. walking into the water? Oh, yeah, the I, I need I need her like actually sitting down when then she goes when the lights go down and the lights actually go down at the same time. Oh. The best was we were seeing West Side Story and Jimmy texts me saying there was a story like someone was handing someone out Someone was handing yeah. out like the um the flyers. The, it was flyers, but it was like the full script and they go you're going to see a woman in high heels step into a puddle. At this time, we will all rise and say our new Pledge of Allegiance. And it was just the word for word. <laughs> it was dying. And literally, while we were watching this during before West Side Story, I just pictured me and Jimmy standing up and like putting our hand on our heart and saying, there's a place. So I don't know, what, I don't know how it goes, but we're doing, after this podcast is over and we're done for the month whole thing, we're recording that. We're making my new intro. So get ready. Okay. <laughs> Cause that I don't know why we haven't thought of that before. I don't know why. But gotta say it in like her like American accent with like the hint of Australian. Just put your hood up for dramatic effect, <laughs> or no down. I guess <laughs> put some rain in the background. <laughs> oh, oh, we're definitely doing this. Oh, now I'm actually very excited. But then when like when I'm like sitting there, like when there's a little gap and I'm supposed to be watching a movie, you got to put like whatever we're reviewing that week. That's a lot of work for me. So I, okay, then we'll put like what's some like some fun things. Okay. Anyway, so we're gonna we'll we'll discuss this after. But number five, our final one oh, is no, just fun fact: when we saw Licorice Pizza, the entire theater applauded when that came on the screen. That is true. I didn't realize that at that point that that this this thing was like a, a oh, cult I thing. I did. Because then you looked at me, I was like, I'm like Jimmy, why are they all applauding? Because it's AMC. We're back in the theater <laughs> with Nicole Kidman gracing us. And then finally, I mean, we the three of us know this, but I don't know if anyone out there listening doesn't know this. This is Cooper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman's first acting role ever and Alana Haim's first film role ever. So, and I thought they did a pretty good job if, for being the first kind of big thing they did. And on that note... And can I have, can I throw in a little... Before, trivia? I'm about to hit the button. Can so I you, throw a little trivia in there? You have some, yeah. Licorice Pizza was the name of a record store in the 70s. That's where the name comes from. That was a question on our win win lose drink game well that's what happens so you guys better answer fast when we answer that sam goody i think bought out licorice pizza is that another one no but i had it there too <laughs> never mind <laughs> you know what on that upsetting note shock effects are over and i gotta go find you first question so we're gonna take a break we'll be right back Hey, what's up? I'm Jess. And I'm Shauna. And we're the hosts of Cheers to Beers. A beer podcast run by two beer professionals. We're certified Cicerones, craft beer judges, and founders of Seattle Beer School. 
we interview brewers. Basically, it was kind of like drinking sherry. <laughs> yeah, at that point. But like, I don't know, sherry's pretty good though. <laughs> and after you're freaking 20 Orvals in, you're yeah, like, like who, care, who cares at this point? <laughs> Artists who are for breweries. It was literally like Mirror Pond, Lou Pepe Creek. There was like no middle ground. That's great. Bartenders, management, and everyone in between. We're not German. Well, Wait, what is it? Your last name? My last name is Keller, so I guess I, I have some <laughs> German blood in me. <laughs> but Keller beer, it's your beer. It is my beer. And sometimes it's just us waxing poetic. More like unable to shut up. About everything beer. How far do you think you could throw a pumpkin? Mm. Like, I'm talking like a jack-o'-lantern size. <laughs> I don't know, 40 feet? Is that, 40 feet? <laughs> is that far? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> you're some sort of monster. Want to learn more about craft beer in all its glory? Or maybe you're new to beer and want a comfortable place to learn more. We got you. Catch us every other Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Cheers. If I asked for your phone number, would you give it to me? Why should I give you my phone number? So I can call you? I don't know, Gary. Why not? How are you going to remember it? It's only seven numbers. Seven five eight four six eight six. Seven five six four six eight six. Seven five eight four six eight six. And we're back. Did you have to wait to swivel so there's no noise in between? Stop swiveling. Why are you such a movable person? I'm like you stand still when you watch a movie. I don't see you like swirling around when you watch a movie. <laughs> you don't see me in the theater just. Going no. in circles. So let's start. I'm assuming I know the answers. Jimmy, you love this movie. I love this movie. Hey, talk normally. I love this movie so much. And you said it was in a couple episodes ago. You said it was your favorite, almost your favorite movie of all time, or uh, one it, of them. It, it is, I think, up there with one. I need. You know, I know it. It needs a couple more views. I need to watch it a couple more times. But I think, like, I watch the trailer all the time, and I'm like, the chemistry between Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman are just like perfect. I re- I really enjoyed this. There's just one thing that I. I just couldn't get past. And I, I read online. I mean, other people I've seen reviews say similar things. But Kelly, did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. No, no. I was trying <laughs> to think what number you had on your top 10 list. Was it like? It was It was nine. nine? It was nine. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was It was really good. Like, uh, let's just talk about the acting first for a little bit. I would never say this was Cooper Hoffman's first thing ever. Like, he should get in. I don't know if he wants to, but he should get into acting. Like, he was good. And then Alana Haim, on the other hand, was like, I thought they were both equal, but Alana Haim was a little Alana bit better. Alana Haim blew me out of the water with like her facial expressions, her mannerisms. It was genius. And I didn't know who she was before. I didn't know. I don't really listen to Haim, so I, I didn't. I didn't really know who she was. Oh, so I, I was I've, I've listened to them before, and I like them. So I was like, oh, that's interesting that they have her. And I'm like, so like, is that like they're very natural? Yes. Well, that's what I liked about this movie. This movie just I feel like they it wasn't. It was very like. Not documentary-ish, but like that feel where they just kind of had the camera and they were like, let's play with it. You know, I, I thought that was really good. And and, and and like her father, like her parents. The whole scene seemed real. The, like scene, the scene when she walks in in the bikini and he <laughs> just screams, what the fuck? That was that was his first that was his first reaction because he didn't know she was going to come in like that. That was that was how he responded. That's funny, actually. And they were like, OK, I guess we'll keep that in there. But the thing is, like, I, I thought. I don't know if I can see anyone else. Like, if it was Alana Haim and someone else, or Cooper Hoffman and someone else, I don't see it working. I think it had to be them too. I, I really do. And it was, it just, I don't know. Ever like, and that that whole scene when they were with their family, I was like, is that her sisters? Because I'm like, yeah, they're this scene is well acted for like a if they were all non actors. So I, I was actually really impressed by that. The one thing I didn't like is that 
I'm not. I, I don't care that it was like a day in the life type movie. To me, it was too long of a movie to be a day in the life type movie. It was too long to be about nothing. Like, because there was no, you guys didn't see it, but Belfast is also like a day in the life, but it was much shorter. I feel like he had so many ideas that he just kept throwing in that it started to water down like the essence of the movie. I still liked it a lot, but just like it started to water down with like all these side characters. I'm like, okay, like let's go back to what I want to see. I don't know. That was, that was just for me. What did you think about the script? I thought the script was really good. Um, I do actually agree with you that I think it might've been a little too long because it did for a movie about nothing. I think it did really well. The pacing was, was good, but it was like, maybe we could shave off like 10 minutes or so of it. Mm -hmm. I had about 20, 30, but yeah, I think like, I think a little bit could have been shaved off. Like I'm trying to think of it. Like, honestly, I didn't care too much. It was funny, but I did not care really for the whole Sean Penn thing. Exactly. Same, same. Oh, but see, like you got that because you, you were, that was like the first time I felt like you knew that she was like jealous of him and he was jealous of her. But they could have took Bradley Cooper's part and kind of meshed that together before he got like crazy, crazy. Mm, okay, like, like that's she, the only part. I like when she flew uh, off the back of the motorcycle off. and she goes, oh my God, I broke whatever her name is, guitar. And he's like, are you okay? She goes, I, broke I broke her guitar. It's ruined. I'm not saying it was a, it was a, like I was enjoying the whole, I had a fun time because it kind of like, I don't know, it captures that like moment, like, you know, he was having like a great, like it just, it captured a very happy moment and just watching it. But it's just, for me, it's like when they went to the Sean Penn, I was like, Okay, but like, it, it's just like I wanted to see the two of them because I thought the two of them were so good that like I wanted to see the two of them and, the, and like kind of their on and off again love story. But they could have maybe condensed it and kind of, I think he had two because he says, "Oh, the Sean Penn thing was based off this. The John Peters thing was based on this. This was based on this." And I'm like, he had too many ideas. I think he just no one told him to maybe edit. And I think if he would have edited, it would have been it, it would have been well, perfect. It was not a long movie. It was only two hours and eleven minutes. But for a movie about nothing, that's a little bit long. That's Seinfeld long for a movie ran about for nine seasons. Each episode was a half hour. They ran for nine seasons. Okay, so break this movie up into half hour increments. I love it. It's amazing. Perfect. We'll do that miniseries time. It's very long. For nine years? Yeah, for it's nine a long years. Time. Uh, one second for like a year. So you think this is a perfect <laughs> Yes. There's not one thing you were like, I, eh? I, No, I thought this was a, one of the best films of 2021, and I was. it's close to a perfect film. I'm shocked. Okay, I'm just going to go really back to our top ten. You said that Nightmare Alley almost topped this, but yet it was so much lower than your list. Because then I looked back, because I gave Nightmare Alley four and a half stars on Letterboxd, but then I went back and I was like, oh, I had like four or five. Well, I had three, and then I was looking back, I'm like, oh, wait, no, I like Last Night in Soho the better. So like, but no, Nightmare Alley was genius. I will I will say, though, I loved, I thought, I mean, like I said, everything besides the writing, I know I'm not saying the story was bad, but just the screenplay wasn't the best. But, like, he made you feel like... It was almost like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where I felt like I was in the 70s. And they shot this during COVID, which I was, like... I was even more impressed because, like, they really... Sometimes you can tell now when movies shoot during COVID, there's a little, like, hesitation to, like, how in-depth they can do with something because they just don't have... It's just too hard with everyone. But this... I felt, like, the look of it, the the feel of it, everything felt like the 70s to me. And it made me kind of want to be in the 70s for a little bit. That's why I like this, like... It was fun to be, like... I was like, oh, I felt like I was in the 70s for that short amount of time for that those two hours and 11 minutes no yeah like everything about this film was i i didn't know what to think of this film so like we talked about this a little bit when we were doing our top 10 but like this i thought this film like with paul um thomas anderson the way he usually does films it's like i wasn't expecting it to be this like lighthearted and about like nothing and it was just like it was easy to follow i don't know like it was just 
it, I, it's a really a testament to the actors because they were just so magnetic and so charismatic that I just wanted to watch them because they did such a good job bringing a story about nothing to life. Oh, and I 100% it was just, agree. It, it was great. Like Cooper Hoffman, I didn't know, like when I read it was his first movie, I was like, he is so natural on screen. Like it wasn't even funny. And he's and so like, much like his father. Was, yeah, exactly. His mannerisms, the way he spoke, like how charming he was. And I was just like, you know, like he's not the best looking dude I've ever seen in my life, but it was just like, I was like, okay, like he's really good. Like he knows how to like use his words and he knows how to like, he, he knew how to utilize his screen time and it was just great. And Alana Haim, I, I, I have nothing else to say. She was amazing. She should win an Oscar because <laughs> As of right now, she's the one that I want to win the Oscar. <laughs> I'd be shocked, though, like, if both of them didn't get something big after this. Like, after the Academy Awards. Because I, I think she has... I don't think he has a chance because it's too stacked an actor, I think. But she has a ch- I think she's on the bubble, like I said, in the top 10 episode. She's on the bubble, and I think I think it could be a surprise. It depends on what, what the it people... It depends on what newcomer they want to give an award, uh, a nomination to. That, and also, it does... This movie does have a couple things where people, like, upset about. So I don't know if that will hurt it. Or if it will just not, if it will get. That I was thinking, sorry, I was just thinking of the jail scene when she was like, "What are you doing?" And they were like yelling at each other, <laughs> like through the <laughs> window. Standing outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, come like, here, stand, come here. And I and I, I don't I, I know Kelly, you didn't see it in the theater, but like I watched, we watched it in seventy millimeter, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any other way you should see it personally. Oh, it was perfect. Like I, I, I forgot. Like I, I'm trying to think the last time we saw a hateful eight. Was that the last movie we saw like on film? That's when I saw it. Yeah. So, like, I forgot, like, the screen flickers, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm having a seizure. And, like, three seconds later, I'm like, okay, I'm better. But, like, having, like, the the graininess to it and the little, like, the streaks, I was like, oh, this is like I was watching a movie in the 70s. Like I said, like, this movie, and it was, like, one of the other, like, first sold-out shows we were actually at. And it wasn't, like, one of the places with, like, the luxury recliners where, like, like, the theater's, like, 25%, like, less full it was like normal seats like literally one of their bigger theaters sold out and it, no it, but that's what i'm saying but that's why i'm like i i don't i, I i'm glad i saw it first on 70 millimeter because if i see it again i don't think I, you you literally feel like you're transported to the 70s because especially with the look you feel like you're watching an old movie and then like with just the i felt like almost i was watching like a documentary from the 70s in a weird way but it was in the best way and that's why like i wanted to put this on my top 10 i just couldn't because of the screenplay for me personally but they're really besides but that. There's nothing bad to say. The about. irony is it'll probably win best original screenplay. I, I don't. I don't understand Oscars. that. But that's just my preference. So. Also, that soundtrack is unbelievable. It's like. What a, did you not like about the screenplay? I just thought they they stretched it out too long. He added too much stuff that wasn't necessary. Like to me, because okay. I read a lot of. I've been reading a lot about this movie, and he, it was all. It's every. Like, a lot of the things are like. This thing was inspired by this, and this was told by him by this. So we put it in the movie, and it seemed like he had a lot of like things that that really didn't go together but it was but this movie's not a isn't really about anything so he's like oh that will work but there were too many of those things and i think if he trimmed it a little bit it, it really would have stood out to me more that but that i think i'm the only person that thinks that because obviously it's winning best screenplay so i must be the only person that thinks that like i think that's its <laughs> biggest shot at an oscar is best screenplay and i don't think paul thomas anderson's won an oscar for screenplay yet really yeah and like that's like he's one of those people who all his films are known for their screenplays like I think direct, I, it was just a. I had a great time watching. I think he was a great director because it, it all comes together with like the acting and the director. They just made it feel, like Kelly said, light and breezy in a very like 
good movie type of way. Mm-hmm. Now it was like, cause this movie I feel like could have been, could have gone very South. It could have been, I'm trying to think of another movie that does really talks about nothing or like a seven, like a, I don't know. I feel like it could have had no substance to it, but there was also substance to it. But I also think it was the, like you got to give props to the acting. Cause that's, that's where, Oh, I, I said that. I said from. they're incredible. I said no one else. I don't think can play those roles. Even like the, the, the friends that, that they had and his brother, like I, the scene in the trailer where he calls her and just is on the phone, like and he's like, "Don't say anything." The brother's like, "Okay." Yeah, like it's like genius, like and just to cast her family as her family and just those like cameos they had, like you know. I think the realism really helped this movie. I don't think if it was as it didn't if it didn't have as much realism, I would be saying probably more things are wrong with it. But I can't. I, I can. I only have that, and I and I would. I want to see it again because I maybe if I see it again, maybe I'll feel differently. But also, I learned that pinball was illegal. In California. And in New York. Really? Yeah. It's apparently to form betting. What, excuse me? Like, what, I almost took a deep dive. I almost pulled it off as late. Like a quarter? Like uh, a quarter? Literally, it says that it was, wait, do I have it in here still? It, it says, for the California one, it says, as mentioned in the film, pinball was banned in Los Angeles from 1939 to 1973. That's a long ass fucking time. And it says on the grounds that it was a legal form of gambling. I uh, See, I thought it was a different, why it was illegal because... When people play pinball, like that one guy, he kept like thrusting against it. So I was like, "Is are people like considering this like a sexual act, like sexual deviancy because they keep thrusting against the pinball?" Machine? I can see that as well too. And then it says here, I can see that. and then it says pinball was banned beginning in the early 1940s until 1976 in New York City. It was responsible for the ban, believing that it robbed school children of their hard earned hard earned nickels and dimes. Like you That's banned like something a for that machine too. But you ban because it's taking... That's their freedom. They get to spend their money on that. Let them have some fun. No. I wonder why everyone's it's having sex. parents being upset that they don't have lunch money. Why didn't you have lunch money? I spent it on pinball. No wonder the 70s was filled with sex. What else are they supposed to do? Pinball's illegal? Like, what What are you supposed to do? It, what? It's either pinball or, or going down to the, the live sex shows in Times Square? Oh, I didn't mean like that. I meant like having sex with each other. I didn't mean like going to like a peep show. No, no, I just watched a documentary about 1970s New oh. York, so that's where my, my mind like, is going. Like, you, you took that, you took that like to a whole different level. I meant just like why <laughs> people are having sex with each other. I don't know. I Not went, just I went, sex, <laughs> live sex shows. I went to like the live sex shows and the peep shows and Times Square in the 70s. It's actually a really good documentary if you want to watch it. Well, you gotta say the name of it, or you just could be like, try and find it, guys. No, it's, it's called live sex shows <laughs> in the 70s. It's, it's called live news, live news, live it's, news. It's it's called. <laughs> The Times Square serial killer. This is a serial killer killing That's prostitutes. That's so misleading. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, and I was wait. like, I was like, oh, wait, this is more about 1970s CD New York Times Square. I'm like, I can go for this with a little bit of serial killers pr- sprinkled in. Headless torsos and hotel rooms. Okay, that's fine with me. I'm still Jimmy's mine. favorite thing is prostitutes in CD New York. <laughs> CD New York in the 70s. Is that where the Joker took place? Was that supposed to be 70s? I think it was supposed to be a New York like the 70s. Okay. Because I was going to say they had similar elements to that. I just. Well, I, Gotham City. Is, that, that's Gotham. That's pretty much Gotham that's City. True. They never left the 70s. <laughs> no. There's not much else to say. Did you. Okay. Here's why I have to ask Brad Pitt was in it for, they say, like 10 minutes, maybe, if that. Brad Pitt? I'm sorry. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. I was like, I would have known if Brad Pitt was in that. I love Brad Pitt. Guys, so he you, definitely was you, not in it. You missed quite the cameo. <laughs> Um, do you think he's worthy of an Oscar or a nomination? Let me ask you that. Because people are saying like, this would be one of the things where it's like, you're in it for so short time. To be honest, I think he is more worthy of an Oscar for Nightmare Alley, but they'll give him the nomination 
because it's probably easier to get into the supporting actor race than the actor race. So I don't think he's... I think he was very good in both. I don't know if he's Oscar-worthy of either, but I, I would choose Licorice Pizza over... I don't know. I, I would choose that over um, Nightmare Alley, but I also didn't care for Nightmare Alley. With like Bradley Cooper is that I don't know who else would be in the best supporting actor race right now. So like I can see him in there, but I can see him getting easily pushed out. It's because uh, Bradley Cooper is becoming the new Amy Adams. I feel he's a really good actor. Actually, I, I don't you I mean just realize this. No, I'm saying like I just they don't rec. It's like a didn't Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, no, he got not. No, did he get nominated for. Bradley he, Cooper has been nominated a lot. He's been nominated like twice, right? He's been nominated like seven times. Seven? I thought it was Well, just don't forget for, he's producing, think, writing. Okay. True. Writing? What did he write? Did he Star get, is Born. Uh, True. Silver Linings Playbook. Did he get one for American Hustle? Yeah. Yeah. American Sniper. American Hustle. True, American Sniper. American Sniper. And then he got a whole bunch for Star is Born. Did he get actor? I think yeah. he got an actor. He didn't get director. And then he got no, a- No, he did get director. He did not get director. He no, he did pissed. not. He ain't a director. No, you. I no. Do you not remember you being so pissed? I just re. I'm reliving it right now. Oh, <laughs> and then um, and then uh, he got a nomination for he produced Joker. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's a movie producer. You know who produced it? But it really, it was just like a. He had to be put on the movie. Who produced *The Star Is Born*? John Peters. But I don't think he's very highly respected anymore because of some previous sexual assault allegations. He's clearly a douche, so yeah. <laughs> that's not shocking. Oh, no, because that's when he was dating Barbara Streisand. But they said, like, they uh, Bradley Cooper was like, I had to put his name on it because he wrote the Barbara Streisand version. So, like, I had to put his name as an executive producer. He's like, he had absolutely no role in this movie. So, I think they, they were probably like, why is he on here? Like, he's not a good Barbara, person. Well, how did he keep saying Barbara Streisand? Streisand. Streisand. Oh, no, it's, it's Sand. It's... Barbara Streisand, not Sand, maybe? Was that Barbara what it was? Barbara Streisand, and he was saying Barbara Streisand. He's like, Sands, Barbara Streisand. Oh, there he you go. He wasn't saying anything different. He was just being annoying. Baba Waba. Before we get to the game, do we, do we have anything before we game? I'm thinking. Because I'm, I'm looking at you because you want to talk about this movie so badly. I'm thinking. It's just, for someone who loves this it's movie. It's hard because there's nothing like technically like outstanding about this movie the really big standout is just the acting itself and it's really just like there's nothing more to say because they honestly perfectly acted their parts okay, okay you know let's talk about the controversies Since uh, you, you do like we want to, bring to? These up. yes what controversies well the contest there a controversy two. that you know alana Haim is like she her character is 25 and he's 15 which oh two. the one that i, I in. so oh yeah like, they, I mean, nothing happens. They just call kiss. me by your name. No one said it. Oh, they said well, it he that. was accountable now too, so we can't look at call me by your name. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we can't but no, use but, that anymore. But that still got Oscars, so obviously that didn't bother people. No. And then the 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 Asian the like Asian, accent. Yeah, when he was like doing uh, the Asian accent, but I was like, that was like three seconds of the movie. It was not. It was they, he did it a couple times, but it wasn't meant to be. Like I found it to, like it was supposed to be offensive. That's what I thought too. Like I I thought it was supposed to be offensive. I mean, he was just an asshole. Because they also had a part where they I think didn't they show like the wife or one of the wives later on like they it just you kind of felt bad for her. Yeah, like you're supposed to like be like 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 why are you doing this? It was like purposely done to show that here's a powerful white dude who's so ignorant that he doesn't fucking know how stupid he is. I also think it's supposed to show like, like what the 70s was like. I mean, I could see that, but I'm not going to say that because I feel like that's weird being like the 70s is supposed to be a representation of race, of racism. Well, I mean, like, I don't mean it in that way. I just like, mean like people like, weren't I mean, as aware of like what they were doing was wrong. I don't want to get misconstrued with what I'm saying. Like what I was trying to say is like it shows how that time may have been a little more politically incorrect. 
let's take a note from this movie and be a little more lighter. Let's move on to uh, another subject. People just need to go see it because Alana Heyman is just that good. I keep going up to the scene where she's working at the uh, the guy running for, like, was it mayor or Congress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like when she's like, there's a person who's been sitting and she just like runs up to him and she's like, what are you doing here? What was that supposed to be? Like, was that supposed to be someone? That was supposed to be someone tailing him so they can get a story that he was gay. Oh, true, true, true. Because yeah. he showed up at the restaurant. And that's why they called her. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To come. Because they're like. Can you be his beard? <laughs> yeah, like, can you, like, take him home and pretend, like, he had a little bit too much to drink, and you're making sure he, you're, you're his girlfriend, you make sure he gets home. And the guy who was running for Congress directed an amazing movie called Uncut Gems. I hate that movie. But you will watch it, Jimmy. For some reason, a movie that I think you would love, you won't watch it. Because you want me to watch it. And he hates Adam Sandler. I don't like it. But I did like Good Time. You love being anxious. I do. <laughs> and this is the movie for you. I like watching movies and being anxious. This movie gives you, like, a heart attack. Do you know the ending yet? I don't even yes, th- I, do uh, I don't even think I don't even think Jimmy would be anxious. I think he would be like me and just annoyed by Adam Sandler screaming the entire movie. Uh, to me, I think we talked about this in our first episode ever of Pog, of Papa Review. I think it his screaming fit the character. I don't know why. I was like, I love it. I love every bit of it. He was snubbed. Yeah, but his voice. Like, if Jimmy doesn't like his voice to begin with, then even if it's part of the character, <laughs> like. That's why I'm curious. I want him to see because I'm curious what he would think of it because I know he doesn't like Adam Sandler, but I know he likes that type of movie. So I'm like, would he be just torn to say like he doesn't want to even say he likes it because he's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Jimmy does do that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, would he just <laughs> purposely not say it? Like Halloween Kills. It wasn't bad. That was fucking bad. <laughs> it made it onto no one's bottom 10 list. It's not though. that bad, but it wasn't great. It's not that bad, but it wasn't good. I know. I, it I, made I, it to a lot of people's bottom 10 list. You know what? It's horror movies that Jimmy can't admit it when he's like, it wasn't that good. Also, like weird art. It depends on the it, weird art house movies. If de- it depends on the art house movie, but certain ones, even if you don't like it, you can't say what it. What movie? I don't know. That's why I want you to watch Uncut Gems. I'm curious. A, I, if me and Matt put our heads together, we could probably make a whole list of movies that we know that you don't like, but you cannot admit that it's not good because exactly. you wanted everyone because you wanted to like it so bad. It's so it's you can't horror or slasher or whatever, and like art house ones. It, it, those are your those are your kryptonite. No, no, no. This is what Jimmy says when you know that he's lying. I mean, it wasn't the worst. I didn't hate it. <laughs> and it's like you know, it's like okay, he didn't like it, but he. He cannot admit it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. I'll be banned from the community. But did he do that for Spiral? Did he do that for Spiral? You <laughs> liked Spiral? I vaguely remember thinking I liked it, and then like later on, I was like, mm, no. You might have to just walk. <laughs> you might have to leave this podcast right now because that's impossible. I can't remember. I remember when we initially left, and he was like, "I mean, it wasn't bad." He's like, "This one was like Jigsaw was way worse." I'm like, "Spiral is probably the worst one." If I, I had my own I car, can't. I would have left halfway through. Maybe you should have seen all the other seventeen songs. I watched the first one. I didn't care for it, but okay. You know what? We're getting now just shitting on Jimmy, so we'll move on to the game. So we're not all together. We're gonna use um. Facebook Messenger, and they're going to answer it. I'm going to describe everything, so don't worry. You're not. No one's missing anything. So whoever wins, I guess, live your life. Win, lose. <laughs> One, licorice pizza was also the name of what? A pinball arcade? B, record store. C, a waterbed. I beat him. Kelly, you <laughs> want it to be. You also have to wait till I finish the question. I can do whatever I want. Then you don't get the point. Then the, the other person gets the point. But she didn't wait. Well, that's what I'm saying you now. You both that's didn't wait. That's because last time, fine, whatever. No, Kelly got no. Kelly got the point because you both didn't wait. So why am I going to penalize Kelly for that? Number two, the cast includes three actors slash directors, which is not one of them. A. Sean Penn, 
B, Ben Safdie, or C, John C. Riley? I don't know. Jimmy answered pretty much A, B, C, so I'm assuming he got it right then. No, that's why I put C. B, B, no, you put B, C. No, oh, that's B's from the no, last B's answer. B's from his last one. Oh, okay. So then you C. won. It's C, John C. Riley, who I, until researching this movie, had no idea was I knew movie. exactly who that was as soon as I, I heard his voice. I didn't. I was like, I was like, wait, who did he play? And there it's like the. I see his name everywhere. And so then it was like I the monster. I was like, that was him. I was like, wait, what? That was such a small scene. Uh, but he works with Paul Thomas Anderson. Number three, Paul Thomas Anderson worked with Cooper Hoffman's father, Philip Seymour Hoffman, on how many movies? A five, B four, or C three? Kelly, you're correct. Yay! It is A. I'm getting confused because I think the other ones are from other answers. So it looks like you're just typing every letter. <laughs> okay. And this I is was the... going through my head. I'm like, okay, he was in Boogie Nights. He was in The Master. Jimmy, if you want to tie this up, you got to answer this question. I literally correctly. just looked at Paul Thomas Anderson's filmography like before we started this. So that's why I was like, okay, I got what it. Else was, what else was Philip Seymour Hoffman in? I know The Master and Boogie Nights. There's a, there's a couple other ones. I can't remember. It was like smaller ones or he had small roles in them. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I knew it was a lot. Yeah. And then the bonus round is, I think we talked about this, so you guys should both know. What is the age difference between Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman? A, 10 years. B, 8 years. Or C, 12 years. Jimmy's disqualified. So Kelly, he answered He answered too early. Wait, wait what do you mean? You I, answered way too early. I had it typed. And then when you finished the so last was that, one. Was that B? For, was that? No, was, it's A. Well, that's wrong. You're both wrong, first of all. Okay, well, Jimmy got it right now. It's just throwing letters in there. Jimmy got it right. So now it's tied. The answer is C, 12 years. So I'll answer. I'm going to throw off another question off the top of my head. Whose father was in the movie? Just tell me right now. Go. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, shit. Both of them are Oh, shit. Both of them were in it. You both win. Congratulations, because I forgot. It was a father's movie, apparently. Uh, so we're going to go. Let's do Let's do MVP. Excuse Let's me. do MVP, LVP. Okay, uh, my MVP is, I'm going to go a duo, is Cooper Hoffman and Alana Haim. Jimmy? Alana Haim. Kelly? Alana Haim. My LVP is probably, oh, it's the script. Oh, this is hard, true. Is there even an LVP? <laughs> I'll have Kelly go first. Let me, let me do some. <laughs> okay, Kelly, here. LVP? Um, The kid that she first dates, I forgot his name. <laughs> the one from Booksmart. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was annoying. The word Soggy Bottom. The almost title of this film. So, so you're saying that the, the title was not Soggy Bottoms? Is that what you're saying? No, that the title was almost Soggy Bottoms. Okay. But they also used that in the movie to name their mat, their waterbed company. Okay, I just want to make sure. Bottoms. Okay, so the, the, your LVP is that they, they thank God they, they almost didn't. They almost used the word Soggy Bottom as okay. their okay. title. <clears throat> I was wondering what you were going to come up with. Because as you are like wondering, I was like, why is he taking so long? I was like, oh, this is like a, ten, a number 10 movie for him. So he can't choose anything. Some ratings. Yes. I will you. give it an eight. Kelly? Eight and a half. I'm going to give it a 10. This is your second 10, I think, of all time. You only did Promising Woman with a 10. I think Mitchell's versus the Machine was, and In the Heights was a 10. Well, they, I thought they were a nine. Okay, they might, you might be right. Uh, What's the rating? 8.8. 8.8? Okay. So we're in the eights for these last couple of movies. Okay. In the Heights. Oh, that's not the movie we're talking we about. We should be. I know these <laughs> are our favorite our movies of our year. <laughs> <laughs> no, Spider-Man No Way Home was not in my top 10. Uh, well, yeah, the majority of them. Person. I had Shang-Chi, the next yeah, but movie we were You reviewing. just said literally, you literally said usually superhero movies are not in my top 10 when you did that episode. Yes, and I was surprised. I know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm actually happy Eternals was in your honorable mentions. That made me happy because I like that movie a lot. That last shot. Oof. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't really like it. I liked it. I think it was one of those movies. Amount. 
It was one of those movies where it's like either you're like, eh, it could do better, or it was like, whoa, that was surprisingly good. I feel like I like certain parts of it. Like as a whole, I like it, but there are certain parts that stand out. Um, since we, you know, usually when we go off topic, that means we're at the end of our episode. So we're gonna end it here. We're done. Jimmy, any final notes on your favorite movie almost of all time? Go see Licorice Pizza. And I wanna see it again. Like oh, I, think you say my, I want a pizza. <laughs> I want a pizza with black licorice on it. Why black licorice? Because why when I licorice? first heard of the movie's title, I was like, Jimmy, why do you is even there... like black licorice? Yeah, I do sometimes. When wait, so you think of licorice? When? You, you think of black licorice first? <laughs> For this movie only. You know why? I think of olives on a pizza. That's even worse. That's not even licorice. Those are olives. Yeah, those are. And I love olives on pizza. If someone said, here's some olives on pizza, and someone said, here's some black licorice on pizza, I'm pretty sure someone would have a difference. There would be preferences here. I hate both on pizza. So, you know. I like black licorice cough drops. <laughs> okay. You know what, guys? That was licorice okay. pizza. Next week on our final week of 2021 look back, we are doing Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Kelly's number one movie. We've done mine. We've done Jimmy's. Now it's Kelly's turn. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we want to hear what you think. So leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Poor Review. Click around www.poporreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash pop poor review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan Cast episode.